You're listening to Women in Wellness, a program to help you create gorgeous growth for your blissful business and health and wellness. I'm Dr. Gabby, holistic health expert and founder of Women in Wellness, a one-of-a-kind course and community designed to empower and inform you about how to build a purposeful and profitable holistic business. And I'm very excited for today's guest. I have Julie Daly here. She's a transformational coach, speaker, writer, and creator of Unabashedly Female. She also teaches creativity and leadership for Stanford and corporations and organizations, and she's here to share some of her wisdom with us today. Hi, Julie. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to meet you. Um, And I mentioned before the call that I feel like we were destined to meet because we share so many of the same values and interests and passion around the feminine, around being, around healing. And so I feel like this is just such a fun conversation to have with you. Um, For those uh, people who are listening who don't know you, aren't really familiar with uh, your work, can you just talk a little bit about um, your path and how you ended up really creating this unabashedly female and writing about this and coaching people in this process? Sure. Unabashedly female has actually been one segment of my journey. Um, I was a creative child. I decided at some point to put that away and become more head-centered. My father was a math and logic major. So of course that was suddenly what was important. My husband died suddenly when I was 38. I married at 17, um, which was just, um, went back to school transferred to Stanford at 42 as an undergrad, a junior undergrad, and was the first grandmother to graduate from my department with my bachelor's. Um, Started working with 9-11 families and uh, in creativity and uh, was a systems analyst, computer programmer, started working with um, 9-11 families around grief and creativity. Um, And then started unabashedly female because suddenly there was this call to... um, look at the feminine. And it had started maybe six years before I created Unabashedly Female. Um, But the question for me became, what is it to be female? Not as what is the feminine, what is it to be female? What is it to be in a body that is uh, the embodiment of the feminine, which was a different question to me. And so the blog seemed like a good place to start to share my voice. And I started, my first post was about some compliment a woman gave me about my earrings because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and suddenly within a year or two, I started writing about like the divine robes of feminine flesh, you know? I mean, I was really like into it um, because that was the question for me. This is this body. What is this body? What does it know? Because I had become so disconnected from it. And through that, um, I've, I've been coaching all the way through it, but through that, I found that working with women um, helped me understand more about myself and my journey. But I think the bigger message here and pathway that's opened me up now to what I'm beginning to bring forth, which is a big shift for me, um, was this descent, was going into the darkness, was looking at power in a different way, was... Uh, healing some of the uh, sexual trauma that I've experienced was deeply working with shadow. I worked for a bit in Newtown, Connecticut with people affected by the Sandy Hook shootings. I mean, really stepping into places where there was a lot of darkness 
and being able to feel for myself what is what is darkness what is it? we've been taught to fear the darkness but the feminine is the dark and so separating out the, the feminine from i i don't want to say evil but the forgetfulness of light I think they've been like, you know, with the whole Eve thing, they were brought together somehow that the darkness of the feminine is also like this evil thing. So really the descent was like looking at what that means for me. And then the other piece of it is traveling to different places, going to India, going to Ireland, going to all, a lot of the different Hawaiian islands, going to Costa Rica um, and feeling the energetic imprint of the earth in these different places and how that impacted my body and what the earth was saying to my body through my feet through my um, pelvis and almost like a remembering of having been here in different places on the planet and reawakening the wisdom from those lifetimes so that i would have access to it and so that i could speak to people in those places in a way that they knew because they live on the planet in that place um, I, I mean, everything that you're lot. saying, I'm like taking notes because, okay, first of all, like this became my obsession in my doctoral work. Everything that you're saying, I went on pilgrimage for like two years, so like all the sacred feminine sites. Cause I was like, I think I've been here before. I think I've been here before. Like I did the Hawaii and South Africa and Stonehenge and like, just like all these sacred feminine sites. And then I obsessively wrote about kind of the history of women and the healing arts and just mm. kind of lineage that we've had in the world of of being teachers and um, caretakers and shamans and everything. Mm. Um, and I'm wondering like what I'm hearing as I'm listening to you is because I was having a almost kind of a parallel experience, especially diving into power and shadow and and I continued to kind of build those muscles like and get more and more kind of courage about looking at those things and, and overcoming that the fear of those things. So this, it makes me think that like, first of all, I'm not the only person who is doing this. <laughs> like, it's reassuring because you, I mean, for me, it's felt like a very solitary journey. It's felt like there's been a kind of wall of solitude around the experience. But um, it also makes me think like that, collectively there must be a lot of us who feel this calling to reconnect to the earth to reconnect to what the body knows to look at power look at shadow look at darkness uh reconnect with feminine so i mean are you seeing that in the clients that come your way or mm -hmm. the people mm -hmm. that cross your path absolutely i mean i think to me that is the I'll use the word that doesn't feel quite right. The rising of the feminine is that, is that call. I, I think we can make the rising of the feminine be a lot of things that um, the culture might accept, but the true call of it is coming up through the earth, is coming up through the soul. Um, all of the aspects of the feminine, the moistness, the darkness, um, it is it is a remembering it is a reclaiming it is a, a rescuing of self um, and it's interesting because my my thesis at stanford was on spirituality and the internet back in 2001 and um it was sort of a download that i got but it was like really seeing that the connection of the internet would bring us together in a way but at the end of the day 
I created this online space that you could go in and click and do different things and really ask people if they'd experienced God on the internet. Um, but at the end of the day, we have to take what we've experienced through the internet and through these connections worldwide back out into the physical world. And if we get stuck here, which I think a lot of women have, myself included, this is, this is easy because some of the stuff I've remembered is not easy to bring into the world. It's like now I've got to speak about it in places and now I've got to actually be real about it. So there's a tendency to want to stay in this more safe space. And I found that I was writing that thesis for myself and maybe for other people, women and men included, um, because we're only halfway there if we don't take it into the physical realm. It doesn't have to mean in a big flashy way. It can be just with your family, with your children, with your spouse. Um, but it's got to come back into the physical, into the body, into the world. Um, I, I agree hundred percent. I mean, the women that listen to this, the women I work with are doing health and wellness work in the world. And I noticed that for a long time, they'll stay hiding behind the computer and I have to really pull them back out into the physical world and, yeah. and help to support them to like having these conversations face to face, meeting with people face to face. Um, and I really feel like that's, you know, something that we need to continue to cultivate. When you say you think we're only halfway there, um, it really makes me excited to hear what you think the vision of being all the way there might look like. Does mm -hmm. that, is that something that you, that you have a feeling for? Well, I don't know what all the way there looks like, but what I see is that the more we understand, the more that we're doing exactly what you and I are doing here and what you're doing in your work and what I'm doing in mine and what I'm sure all of the, the women you work with are doing, it's we're not only waking this up within ourselves, we're beginning to grow the, the web between us so that there's a sense of power together and strength, that we have that web. We can feel alone, but we're not alone. It's both, it's a paradox, right? We have to do things on our own, but we do them knowing we're together. So that's, that's the first piece. Um, the second piece is knowing that we truly belong here, in our bodies, on the earth, in our lives. There, in my TEDx talk, I talk a little bit about the hierarchy of patriarchy and we're othered. We've been othered. And so there's this message that we don't belong because we are other than what is meant to belong here, which is white male or however you might look at it energetically. So part of our journey is to realizes to step outside of the, the construct that is the patriarchy and to realize that our relationship has been so deeply tied to that for survival, but that our true survival is as a, as a being that belongs because of our relationship to the earth, to nature, to each other as beings, not through the thought structure of patriarchy. 
So that's another of the steps. And the third is that, yes, we have to get out into day-to-day -day life and have the conversations and be face-to-face -face because the awakening that's happening is it's actually waking up energy in our bodies that needs to be in the world. The energy is something that um, I think can catalyze and stimulate things in other people that haven't awakened that energy. Ooh, I get like juicy when you say that. I'm like, <laughs> like, bring it on. Like, cause I, I get little kind of tastes of that, but I feel like there's still a resistance because it does, it does contradict the other. It does mean I'm going to show up in the world that, um, some people are going to be like, like, who do you think you are? Or like, <laughs> what are you showing all your feminine off to the world for? And so I hear that also from a lot of the women in my community, they have to hide what they do from family, from partners, from if they're transitioning from a job to, to doing this work on their own, you know, there's coworkers or former colleagues, classmates, you know, there is this, there's this real sense of coming out of the closet of, yeah. of, of, yeah. um, of, of becoming more fearless about saying like, I believe in energy. I believe in the earth. I believe in past lives. I believe in, and so I try to create a community of belonging and, and you mentioned belonging and knowing we truly belong. And I feel for myself as well, that, that it's work, it's work to feel belonging and not when I'm standing barefoot, you know, on the beach looking at the ocean, but when I'm face to face with like, um, you know, the other, however you want to define that to, to stay in belonging feels a little bit shaky still. Do you have yeah. any advice around that? Well, yeah, I totally get that. I had a uh, meeting with somebody up on the 29th floor of one of the big buildings in San Francisco recently, and I could tell that he sensed the difference in my energy because he was had this quizzical look like, who is this person sitting across from me? And I was having the same experience you're talking about. It was just like having to keep coming back to like everything that I know now um, is real. It's real. And my ability to be okay with myself and what I know is ultimately the only thing I can do is I have to, it's a being, it's a beingness really to start with, right? That where do I uh, separate myself from what I know is true? Um, how can I, it's really the embodiment of what we know. How do I embody this? How do I sit in this and speak from it? and not make him wrong because he doesn't get it or she doesn't get it, right? They're not wrong any more than I'm wrong, right? But it's, when I coach, I work with like, I think we were talking about this in the beginning before, it's like a, I hold the space for what happens to the system. I make, I'm the mirror to help the system of the person, the wholeness of the person remember itself. And so in a, in a relationship, that's true too, right? There's something in the relationship that's happening here where we're remembering something. And it doesn't mean that when the appointment's over or the conversation's over, that we're both going to be like, oh, look at, I get it. There we are. Okay, everything's cool. It doesn't mean that that's going to happen. 
But in the bigger system, whatever needs to happen is going to happen if we just stay present and stay with ourselves and stay open. Yeah, this idea of being true self, I feel like, I mean, I love that you did your your thesis about the internet and spirituality because I feel like that's just a Pandora's box, right? I see like a very marketed spirituality online and it's like sometimes even like, like join now, sign up now, you're going to miss out on spirituality. <laughs> like There's just this whole carnival kind of, yeah. of like spirituality online. And most of the women in my community are deeply spiritual and like showing up authentically and showing up true and embodying that without getting kind of caught up in gimmicks or without, um, I, I don't know, losing integrity or something. It seems to be there seems to be a complexity there. There's yeah, yeah. I think it's part of the journey. I think right. it's part of the journey because you're, you're the part of you that's trying the ego. The part of you is trying to stay safe and stay connected in a way that ultimately probably isn't true. Is going to try to do those things. Um, I was just having a conversation with my mastermind group about as a coach being in integrity part of me sort of held back thinking, okay, well, people will come when they're ready to come. That's true to a point. But there's also a way as a coach, if you know, you can be in integrity and you can step forward and go, we're meant to work together. And state that, right? I know this is true. I can feel this. I know you're a choice with that, but I'm going to come all the way up to the net and go, this is what I see. And I've had to really work on the integrity part of that, right? Because it, where is that line where you feel like you're trying to reel people in because yet you're afraid or, you know, you're actually just standing there going, I know this to be true. I know this. To There's be such true. a beauty in that. When you say that, it really, like, I can feel it and I can feel it's like, you have to be comfortable with your own vulnerability as well. Like in a romantic relationship, you have to be able to say, no, like this is where I stand. This is how I feel. And it almost has that quality when you say it to me of like, oh, she means this. Like she right. really means no, like we need to have this coming together, you know? And I, for me, that's really about being okay in the vulnerability um, of speaking the truth and of, being okay with the outcome, like letting go of the expectations, um, but just feeling that I'm okay with myself because I said my part, um, yeah, yeah. my space in the interaction. Yeah. And there's something deep inside of me, which is probably what you're feeling, that is, it's like the, the impulse, the truth that's coming out, right? It's like, oh, oh, this, is, this is the truth. And I don't need to cross the net. I use the tennis court as a metaphor when I coach, right? Sometimes you have to come right up to the, you have to belly up to the net and go, this is me. Sometimes you're back at the service line and that's exactly where you need to be. And the thing is not to jump the net, that the other person actually gets to be wherever they are on the court. Sometimes they even go off the court. They're not even playing with you anymore because they don't want to play with you, right? Um, it's a great metaphor to sense in your body how close you actually need to step up and when is it time to come back? Um, one of the other things you said, I think was, uh, one of the questions I act, actually at some point had to start entertaining was, well, what does it even mean to be spiritual? I, to question those words because they become sort of hollow at some point. And um, what does spirituality even mean? What, it's just a word, so what does it point to for me now? 
because I went off on a lot of spiritual ego stuff. Oh my gosh. And, you know, truth be told, I will probably discover in a year from now that I'm still in this <laughs> There's layers and layers and layers. But, <laughs> but what I found is, you know, like even in my thesis, it was really more about, it was about oneness connection, but as an experience, um, you know, there's more layers to it, but that's on a, a real visceral level. Um, for me, it's been this, this place, we talked about it before, we, we, a little earlier, this place where this vastness that I am, which I can experience, um, meets the physical plane, meets the, the human life. And they can feel like they can't quite go together, but there's a place, the edge of where they meet is where I am spiritually, is where I am in my humanity. And that edge is where I don't know, which takes me to my creativity work and what I teach. It's like where I don't know. I don't know actually what's going to happen on that edge. I don't know what's going to happen when I step out into that conversation. And I bring this vastness to this humanity, to this vulnerability, and I sit across from another being who's this vastness and this human being. It's universes colliding, right? It's like this, <laughs> what's gonna happen on this edge right here? I don't know. Don't Next know. big bang. Yeah, yeah. And can I let yeah. that, can I let that person have their own experience and not muddle with it and just yeah, yeah. stay here? Yeah. The thing, one of the, one of the things that comes up for me around that is, um, because there's like a real draw to go inward, I can find times where I have to drag myself out back yeah. into the outer world. And then because I'm so ambitious and so driven, sometimes I get obsessively workaholic-y and then I have to drag myself back inside and be like, okay, you need to stop. <laughs> you need to like think about what does spirituality mean, right? Like you got to come back to the, you know, the inquiry. So I find that it's very, I, it's very rare that I feel like I'm doing both well. <laughs> it's just kind of this like pendulum that I feel like is sort of swinging back and forth. Do you, do you experience anything like that? I am more of the former the solitude, needing solitude. Okay. Um, it's a lot of how I've spent my past few years after leaving my last relationship. But I'm also now, I'm now feeling the draw to come more out into the world. Like there's, there's a part of me that loves connecting with people. I just love it. And there's a part of me that just wants to be, right? There's like this dance. So I think that pendulum is depends i mean i think it's probably true for all of us in some way and maybe the the arc of the pendulum and how long it takes to go is different right i could spend months by myself and then go out and be outside for months and and but the pendulum's always moving i don't know that there is a a still place in that or a place where you find that you're always in balance i don't know that anything's always in balance everything's always moving and i think it probably you know i mean we're all different you probably um from what I know of your background, know the Enneagram. Number you know, three. I was going to say, I bet you're I'm a number three. 
<laughs> I'm a nine. Okay. Right? Yeah. So well, we get along well because you yeah. kind of balance me out. Yeah. And a little bit on that that I think is interesting is that the Enneagram type is the personality type. This is the way I understand it. And the only way I could find out I was a nine was through this way because nines have a really hard time finding what they are because they think they're everything, which you probably know if you know the Enneagram. Yeah. Um, but I had to read Sandra Maitri's work on the soul child. And I think this is helpful for anybody that hasn't been able to type themselves or really don't get this. Um, she talks about the soul child, which is the disowned child self which is your soul type. So for a nine, if I go to integration, I go to a three, that's actually my soul type. And so what was disowned in me was the bright, bubbly, gregarious, loud, competitive little girl, which is, which is like the essence of a three, right? But it's not the personality three, it's the soul three. The nine personality type is like, you have a hard time getting into action. You stay way back because what was disowned was this, right? It's like, oh, I can't do that. So you're back here. And then you try to get into action. And I think to me that I learned so much from that dance between personality type and soul type. So much. I think that's a really interesting place. Nice. And who um, is the author that you said does the soul child? Sandra Maitri. I think it's the spiritual side of the Enneagram. It was the first one I read. I love Maitri. Maitri means loving kindness, doesn't it? Yeah. Am I, she worked directly with um, Claudia Naranjo and... Um, the other guy in the 70s in the Berkeley area when they all were bringing that lineagram to the United States. But I think that that speaks to this going back and forth between being out in the world and in the world. I think each type has a, a, their own kind of relationship with that, which is also then, um, you know, astrologically or whatever kind of other system you might use to know yourself more, um, especially like astrologically with the North Node. The North Node tells you so much and then my north node reflects that is that the south node is more back in the head and the north node is letting go of the head and just being in the moment and in the instinct and being wild and being out in the world, right? So all the systems sort of reflect the same pathway for me as a soul to grow. So fun. I feel like we could talk about this for days and maybe we need to like lead a retreat or something about this. <laughs> I could, like hang out with you. Um, but like we've run out of time. And so oh, we I have done. I want to know, um, I, when I was looking through your website, it seemed like there was quite a bit of online offerings and ways that people could connect with you like that. Do you have some of that running right now? I do. I'm actually, I've actually in the middle of shifting between websites from unabashedly female to juliedaily.com. So I have a couple things on Unabashedly Female, one called Belonging, which is a 21-day um, just individual thing you do on belonging. Then there's um, the art, uh, Becoming a Force of Nature, which is a 12-month series. It's the material from Stanford that I've combined with uh, the wisdom that I've learned in my journey with the feminine. So each month you get a say 24, 25 page PDF with a lot of experiential exercises that take you through the Stanford material. Um, and then I'm delicious. That it's really good. good. It's really good. I used to <laughs> offer it more online as a class and it's what I teach at Stanford. And then I'm also right now offering writing raw, which is something I, I really love. It's a six week circle where I do twice a week where we go in and I use the labyrinth as a way to lead women inside into the internal world. And then we write from that place and we read our read our words and then there's one-on-one -on -one coaching and leadership coaching so amazing this and working working in organizations i can come teach creativity and things in organizations as well which i've done so yeah 
This is so lovely. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. I feel really honored that we had this conversation. Oh, I do too. Thanks for reaching out and I can't believe the time's over. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. You can join the Women in Wellness Club at women-in-wellness.com.